I'd love a tune up. The best part is when you, uh, the camera goes to Figueredo. Yeah. Figueredo's like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like this, dude. Yeah. Serious? Uh, Are you the players, dude? You're good to go now, huh? Good to go. Say, what would you want to bet to me on one time? Because I think you have to suck. He's all. I was in bed looking, I was in bed going through my phone. And I see that, and, I, and I'm all like, damn, here we are here acting a fool, just letting everybody have it, ain't ya? I just said, fuck it, I got the Danny DeVito syndrome, dude. <laughs> Look at that, Triple C. You got Muddy Mouse's reaction to that Sean O'Malley backstage conversation. Tell me that ain't funny, Shmo. That's the funniest thing ever. You know what's even funnier than that is Demetrius Johnson's laugh. It's a pretty good laugh Mighty Mouse has. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, man. And welcome back to the Triple C and Shmo Show. I'm the Shmo. My partner's got Olympic gold medal. The champ champ, Henry Cejudo, the king of cringe, humble Henry. Let's get this bar rolling, Shmo, because time is money and money is time. And look at that, people. We got two mics going. Two mics, Triple C. Of course, but upgrading. We're, we're making it. We're making it. Triple C, let's start off with this gold medal moment. Of all the interactions that you had this weekend, we're talking about the face-off with Al Jermaine Sterling, the backstage interaction we just mentioned with Sean O'Malley, and then the backstage greeting with Alexander Volkanovsky. Which was most memorable to you? You know, you're next. You're going to get it, dude. You're going to get it. You really don't want the smoke, though. You're going to get it. But you really don't want the you, smoke. You, you're not only going to bend one knee, but you can bend two if you go against Triple C. So prepare. I'm trying prepare. to tell you, you don't want the smoke. Prepare. So get your ass in shape. Go talk to Dana and let Daddy let you talk. Out of shape. Daddy's going to tell you when you can play. Daddy's going to tell you when you can play. You get through TJ Pillow Shaw and Triple C's next. So enjoy that card ride. Go ahead. Show him. Because that's going to be Triple C's here first. I hear a lot of noise. I don't like noise. I like action. So let me know when you're ready. Let's go. I don't. Hey, I didn't see that. You want to match him? Right here, I'd love a tune-up. What do you say, Precious? Serious? What do you say? Are you in the, are you, you're, you're good to go now, yeah, huh? I'm good to go. Say like, it. What would you want to bend the knee at what time? Because I think you absolutely suck. <laughs> what do you weigh? Go ahead, carry on with the interview. Go ahead, carry on. <laughs> okay, it's cringy. No one, no one takes that dude serious. What's up? I need some challenges, so... I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. 
I, I understand your distance game, and I respect your IQ, and I hope you respect mine. I think we can make something happen. Yeah, I respect you before the cameras. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. Congratulations. Uh, you know what? Honestly, dude, they were all pretty good. But uh, I'm going to have to say the one with Alexander Volkanovsky. Just for the simple fact that the competitor came out. He respects me. He knows He knows what I'm capable of doing. And so does the UFC. And so does Dana White. And so do a lot of those officials. They believe that I could be the per person to really upset. But they're also they're also like, man, is Henry going to jet out if he does win that, that, that third title? So... There's a lot in limbo. I would love to compete against Alexander. I know he respects me. You guys all heard it over there. It was it was genuine from both of us. And uh, let's make it happen, dude. Let's let's absolutely make it happen. I think if there's anybody that can, it's it's this American. So you've been calling out this guy for a long time now. We brought it up so many times here on the Triple C and Schmo Show. Did you get that sense from the interaction on Saturday night that it was the most real, the most genuine version of him, that you get the sense he'd be game for a fight in the future more so than any other time? Yeah, and I think if he doesn't want to accept the fight, I think he just respects me that much. You know what I'm saying? That he wouldn't want to lose to a guy that, that talks a lot. You know what I'm saying? Which is, which is what I get from a lot of fighters, but... Alexander knows, man, when you when you have the pedigrees that I've done, you know, win Olympic gold medal in wrestling, two division champ in, uh, in the UFC with two belts, you heard it come out of his mouth. He's done some extraordinary things that just let you know that he knows that I'm I'm there. And there's one thing that I, I am going to bring up, Schmo, is I remember the first time I fought Demetrius Johnson. Demetrius Johnson is probably about an inch and a half. To, I feel like he's like two inches shorter than me or an inch, inch and a half. I was like, who was so problematic because I've never fought somebody like that. And I think I, I I look back and I see that fight with Demetrius won. And uh, I can definitely surprise a lot of people. I wouldn't surprise myself by any means, but because I know the mountain that's to climb, but I can get the job done, Shmo. I really do. We're going to get to Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson in the King speech later on in the show because he's out here training with you at Fight Ready. But let's go down to Aljamain Sterling. You guys won face-to-face. -face. You guys both have great banter. That interaction, man, how was it different from the time he sat right behind us and you guys were face-to-face -face with D.C. and we're chirping back and forth? Well, it was different now because, you know, we're out and about, you know, not in my house where he could be respectful. And uh, he know he knows what would happen if he does sign the contract with me. So I think he, I think he's going to go the T.J. route, which is smart for him, and I get it. Because I would, I would absolutely destroy him and hurt him, but he has a better chance at beating T.J. than to ever, you know, touch this fine hair that I have. But what do you think's holding him back from signing a contract with TJ right now? Do you think it's a money situation? Did you no. guys talk about any of this? I think him as a fighter, because he's worked so hard and he finally got his title and he finally feels like a champion. I think he just wants to party and have fun because it is cool being a champion. When the first time I beat Demetrius Johnson, I won my title. I fought, I fought, I fought Demetrius Johnson, uh, TJ Dillashaw, Marlon Marais in 10 months. You know what I'm saying? Like I was from from August to June, it was it was like that, Shmo. You know that's how dedicated I was. But I also, but when I did get my injury after I beat Marlon Morales, I was almost out for a whole year. It was fun, man. I was getting a chance to travel and go to Australia, and you know, I don't want to kiss and tell, but you know what I'm saying. And uh, what about Sugar Sean O'Malley, man? What prompted you to interrupt that interview he had with BT Sport backstage? You told him he sucked, man. What didn't you like about Sugar Sean O'Malley? Ended uh, in a no contest first, with him. Yeah. First of all, his performance absolutely sucked. You know what I mean? He talks a lot. He talks. He, he, if anybody that talks, man, I've, I'm proven, man. 
Can, can, can you know, step aside, Shimon? Can, can, you, can you let everybody see the accolades on the wall? There ain't no other room in the world like this. So I don't, I don't think I talk enough, to be quite honest with you. But I think Sean's situation is like, he, think, he says nobody uh, above him calls him out. So then I heard that, and he's saying that he could tap out Khabib. And I said, what's up, Precious? Well, hang on, hang on. He didn't say he could tap. He said that's out of context with the whole Khabib thing. He said, I could tap out Khabib, but people would still find criticism at how I'm performing. It was a hypothetical situation. He wasn't volunteering that he could tap out Khabib. It was just a hypothetical speech he was making. Well, whatever it was, I just think he thinks he's better than what he really is. And to me, that's a problem. So I challenge him. I says, what's up, man? Are you ready? He's like, start calling him stuttering Sean. You know, he freaking tripped over his own damn words. But anyways, he doesn't want this smoke. That would be the worst. It would be like, it would be like uh, Jake Paul, you know, facing John Jones. You know what I mean? That's exactly, I would eat that dude alive. Well, the Schmo thought that Sugar Sean O'Malley was winning that fight until it was stopped with a no contest. But the interesting thing when we looked at that, it was the other eye that was closed in Pedro because the eye poke happened to the right eye, but it was the left eye that was closed. The left eye took a punch from Sugar Sean O'Malley in the first round. You could see Pedro blinking multiple times. It's an interesting scenario, but either way, no contest. Are those two got to run it back or what? Yeah, they should run it back, but man, I don't, I don't, I really don't care, honestly. Did the rankings change at all? Or you, it's still the same. And he's still up there. He's still ranked. What is he? Thirteen? Around thirteen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If, if Pedro Munoz, if you're saying that was the opposite eye, then I think he needs to find another opponent. Who's number eleven or who's number twelve? Got to look at the rankings. I, know, I believe Adrian Giannis is 15. That's a guy that Sugar Sean O'Malley's had on his yeah, radar. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He's calling people out like that. And then once his shit gets down to it, like he ain't doing nothing. He's, he's, they're going to hand pick him in the UFC. So I said, hey. So I called him out on the spot. He, he was never like, he was freaking stuttering, Schmo. And when somebody stutters, it's because they're nervous. All right, let the Schmo ask you this question then, because obviously you want to return for gold fight on the line but if there's one fight you would take where gold wasn't on the line would it be sugar sean o'malley nah, man. i think that might be a good tuna fight but the goal the goal for me for for sean is to get rid of him in two rounds like don't make him go past two rounds you know so that's my goal but he wouldn't take the fight it'd be his coaches everybody i'm stylistically i'm just too smart i'm too experienced i'm too tough and i'm definitely too damn good looking well, there'd be spies all over the place between the MMA lab and fight ready. You guys are neighbors. Yeah, By the way, the it, doesn't matter. Fight it, ready it doesn't matter. I would take him down. I would I would do some nasty things to him. I kick that front leg of his and then I slowly start putting my hands on him. And that's it. That's the game plan. That's how you that's how you beat Sean Sean all salty. All right, let's move on to the silver medal moment. Speaking of game plans, Jared Cannonier, he fought Israel Adesanya. It was another five-round decision victory for Adesanya. There was a lot of people that were negative towards the way Stylebender got the victory and calling it a man, boring fight and everything. What do you make of the situation? It was, it was, it's crazy when you come out to freaking to doom the Undertaker and you you didn't put up you, you didn't put a performance man on uh on, on Saturday night. It was it was lame, dude. They you got to start giving main events are special, dude. If he's not performing, UFC stop pushing this dude. He's he's a decision maker. The only fight that I can say that he really beat somebody really good was was beating Whitaker and knocking him out. Paulo was just I don't know where the hell his head was at. Uh, but anyways, I'm I'm still not impressed with this dude. I think I think Alex Pereira is going really because both of these dudes are just strikers with semi-good defense. You know what I'm saying? But I'm about to go with uh, Pereira because 
Israel doesn't he never demonstrates any type of takedowns and things like that. He's he's another one-dimensional guy that's good at what he does. And it's a shame that these dudes at 185 pounds can't take the fight where Jan has taken him. He's taken it at deep waters and it's over. But what more can you ask from the champion in Israel Adesanya? He's beaten Vittori twice, Whitaker yeah, twice. But, but he's it, gone through Brunson. He's hyping. He's gone he, through Cannoneer. He hypes a lot and he doesn't deliver. He talks a lot and he doesn't deliver. It's 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 been like that with him for a minute now. And I think if you're gonna if you're gonna call people out and do all this other stuff, it's like finish him. Put put a beating on people. Be a spectacular. Like you know, people people look forward more to his entrance than his actual fight, and that's a problem. Because what you do want to be good at is when you fight. You know, I do theatrics. I pull shit out of my hat. I, sl I slam a snake. And you know I'm putting on a show. Well, the Schmo and you were both in Melbourne, Australia. When he beat Whitaker, we were both there Saturday night. When he beat Cannonier, which entrance was better for you? The uh, Undertaker one or the one in Australia? Oh, one in Australia was, was sick. 80,000. I don't know how many people. 80,000? Like 60, but close yeah, enough. Anyway, 60,000 people. That was cool. That, it, was, it was original. I, have, I, I actually had thought about that Undertaker one. Just, just a sound effect. But I think I never thought about like, you know, coming out with the, what is it called? It's, it's not a vase. I thought it was an urn. I thought it was kind of funny, but it had Jared's name on there. What was inside there, though? <laughs> the schmo left the press conference. Probably, but was, na probably nail polish. Yeah, the urn, man. It was a pretty. It was pretty good. And Vince McMahon was watching there in attendance, man. You got Triple H there. Put it on a show for the WWE guys. The brass in attendance. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a good marketer, man. He knows how to market. He he can definitely sell a ticket. But at the end of the day, he's just he's not delivering. And I don't put him on the pound for pound top three. Who do you put over him? I, uh, uh, Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira, he's stopping people. Yeah, he missed weight by two. By, but a lot of people say that that was a scales issue. And they do need to go digital because being digital is very precise. So, anyways, I, I feel like I hate a lot on Israel, but it's almost like, you know, live up to your expertise, man. You know what I mean? Like, live up to whatever, man. So, I think I still think a guy like Chemaya comes up and he's, the dude's in trouble. Even though Chemayev had, I think Chemayev is really struggling to make 170, and we know that. So I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna find his home at 185, and I think he's gonna wreck some people. Well, on the point of the digital scales, the Schmo interviewed Charles Oliveira the other day. He supports the digital scales. But back to Adesanya, though, if he goes through Pereira, a guy who's knocked him out before in kickboxing, and gets through him. Does your mind change then? Because he's taken away all the formidable contenders in the middleweight division. He's yeah. going through them. A win's a win, Triple but, C. Uh, yeah, but it's I not here on style points. It's I not victories. Yeah, but I really... Yeah, I mean, yeah, man. He's he's. But but then again, you have to see the talent. This is why I look at the Bantamweight division. Look at how everybody's so well-rounded. Look at the wrestlers that you have in there. At a uh, middleweight, there's... I can't... I can't name one guy that could wrestle. Well, there's one guy who's coming who can wrestle. Dana White's contender series who just signed. Bo Nickel. Oh, did he just sign to the UFC? He's just signed to the UFC <laughs> contender series. We're going to be seeing him. That might be a little too premature, but I think on his way up, yeah, Israel would be in trouble with a guy like that because that, that dude, could he could wrestle and he could ride. But what I'm afraid is he's just a little too inexperienced, man. Yeah, he's got one fight yeah, in MMA. Which, which is crazy. Oh, I, his team shouldn't have pushed him that fast. Shouldn't have pushed him that fast. I got, I got into the UFC. They wanted me to sign off the back, but I, I got six fights in before I signed with the UFC. And that makes a big difference. 
All right, real quick though, we'll wrap up Izzy, him and Pereira. I got I, I, I got my one? Brazilian brother, man. I got Pereira because he's because that's all he does is strike. He doesn't wrestle. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do a, he doesn't take. He doesn't do anything like that. And and think about who Pereira trains with too. He trains with big heavyweight guys like like Glover Teixeira, former former champ. Like his jiu-jitsu game, I guarantee, is better than uh, Style Benders. His striking is better than Style Benders. He's already beat him twice. It's gonna be the same show. And if and if Israel wins, if I, he wins. All right, let's go down to the bronze medal moment. The trilogy's complete. Alexander Volkanovsky, he beat Max Holloway, the most decisive of the three fights. Clean sweep on the Schmoes scorecard, 50-45. to 45. What's your overall takeaways of Volkanovsky the Great? Yeah, he's the same thing, same thing that happened the, the, the first and second, or the first fight at least. I think Volkanovsky just, uh, he's a master of distance, Schmo. He understands the distance range. He knows the range when a kick. People come in, he throws the hands. He's able to mix it. He throws a lot of smoke. Um, I don't see takedowns from him, but I do see him kind of doing a good job pressing people against the cage. And at the end of the day, Max Holloway didn't, didn't, didn't adjust. The, the first round, you should be studying. You should, you should have the ability to have a good cornerman to be like, hey, man, we got to do X, Y, and Z. You know, but if you stay in that boxing range and you want to knock him out and be a warrior, then man, like that that last fight with Hollywood, dude, like that's that's what Hollywood did to a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, Volkanovski just gave him like a test of his own medicine. But that's why it's it's better it's better to be a competitor than an actual fighter. Because when you're a competitor, man, you're just a gamer. You're gonna find a way to win. Well, not sure if you saw it, but Josh Emmett, he didn't get to sit cage side. Triple C did it. Josh Emmett didn't get any love. He got through Calvin Cater, UFC Austin. A lot of people thought he'd be next in line to the featherweight division. Then you get Volkanovski saying he's ready for 155. What would you say? Volkanovski and Oliveira at 155, would you see it? Or is Josh Emmett next in line? Um, I think the winner, if, if I don't get the title shot, I text Dana too. I talked to Hunter, I talked to Sean Shepard. like, dude, before they even fought, I'm like, dude, give me this dude. Give me this dude. Give me the opportunity, man. Like, I think I've earned it. But anyways, if I have to go to 135 and win it, but I'm eventually going to go up. I'm going to challenge that dude. Because he is, because nobody in that division really has what it takes. But if it is a Mishmo, I think the winner, I think I think if Yair wins. If Yair wins, I think that's a great matchup for him too with the kicks and the range and Yair. <clears throat> Yair is intelligent, but obviously he has to get through Ortega first. And that's coming up, what, in June 16th, a couple of weeks from now, in Long Island. So you're saying if Yair Rodriguez beats Brian Ortega, he gets a title shot. But if Ortega wins, not ready for the rematch yet. And maybe it's Josh Emmett if Volkanovski sticking to 145. Yeah, I just hope Volkanovski, if he can open his mouth, I think, I think me and him could sell tickets. He respects my IQ. We heard it. Why not fight in Australia? You know, I, I'd love to go. To, I'd love to go down under. Well, right now he's the number two pound-for-pound pound fighter right behind Usman. Listen, him versus Charles Oliveira, he, you to him, Oliveira's your number three ranked pound-for-pound pound fighter. Who would you favor in that fight, Volkanovski or Oliveira? I'm about to go with the bigger fighter. But Oliveira also has to get past Islam Makachev. And if Islam beats Charles Oliveira, <laughs> uh, Volkanovski's in trouble. Cause this dude is uh, these, these are the these are freaking bears on top of you. If he takes you down, he's gonna hurt you. I know what they'll I know what those guys can do on the on top, and that's what they zero in on. And they're big too. 
You know, Volkanovski, Volkanovski looks like he can make 35. He ain't that big. I was going to say, face-to-face with him, man. You guys were eye-to-eye, level-to-level. Yeah, level. pretty much. You know, I think I was slightly taller than him. Really? Yep. So if he's the overgrown midget, what does that make you, Triple C? I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just a pimp. I'm his pimp. Yeah, way too <laughs> humble for the camera right now, Triple C. I set you up for some self-deprecation. You didn't deliver right there. I think it's time to move on to the King's speech. You talked about him before, Mighty Mouse. He's right here in Phoenix, Arizona. He's been here with you for a week. So give us your King's speech on training with Mighty Mouse. Oh, it's good, man. You understand why Demetrius is is top two, the greatest of all time in the sport of mixed martial arts. I mean, think about it, Shmuel. The, the, the man... Defended his title 11 times before losing to me. Knocked me out in our first encounter. The reason why Demetrius is so good because he's a student. There's a lot of questions when we go in the week. You know what I mean? Because like, I've, been, I've been coaching. I've been you know, go, going, rolling with them, giving them a feel of what Adriano's more likely going to give them. But the simple fact that he asks questions is what makes Demetrius Johnson super special. Super special in the fact that he wants to know the whys. And when I answer that question, and I, and I accept them, like, dude, challenge me with questions. And it's just cool because it's, we, there's not an interruption because I base a lot of things on probability. So it's just like, oh, okay. And it's like, I get it. I get why you would do that. And obviously, a lot of things could be subjective too. But I will say this, Shmo, is we do have two different philosophies. You know, Demetrius is a, Demetrius is a, a fighter that, you know, that is just in his repertoire to be busy whether it's Mexican or whatever, but he, he brings the fight. I got to the point, especially from his matches, where I'm able to be calculated and pick and choose and out and in, you know, without taking that much damage. So it's, uh, it's cool to get a different perspective from him, and it's cool to see him get a different perspective from me, and it's, it's cool to see him come to practice excited every time. It's cool to see that maybe we're never going to get a trilogy between the two of you because you're building up a friendship right here, man, a mutual respect. Yeah, a mutual respect, but I think, you know, the price is right, man. You know, Demetrius is a businessman. He has a family just like me. I would I would have crossed that on both of us. I think we'd be able to put that friendship aside. I probably taught him, taught him too much already, but, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't want to go down to 25 anyway. Well, he's got that rematch with Adriano Marias. I believe it's August 26th, 1-161 in Singapore. Triple C, he's been looking for that gold strap right there in one championship. He already got the Grand Prix title in that flyweight division. He beats Adriano Marias. It'll be a rematch. He'd be the flyweight champion of one championship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he Yeah, he would be. He would be. And I think... I think I think it's more. It's not. It's not a technical with Demetrius. It's a tactical thing with him. It's him being able to slow down. Hey, yeah. there's, there's, there's easier ways to get to the promised land. Just, just trust me on this. All right, we're gonna go to the sh moment of the week. The schmo is gonna give it to none other than Jalen Turner. Welcome to the rankings. I believe you're number 14 in the UFC lightweight division. Five-fight win streak right here. All finishes. All 13 of his victories have been finishes. This guy's lengthy. He's got that Anderson Silva-type body, cutting all the way down to 155. He looks like he's in the 180s when he enters the cage on fight night. This guy is exciting. He's lengthy. He's not afraid to use his jiu-jitsu. He can get the distance with the striking. Look out for him. Jalen the Tarantula Turner. Moment of the week. 
big victor, UFC 276. He submitted Brad Riddell, I believe it was the first round. Yeah, yeah, no, he's tricky, man. By the time I turned around and go freaking get into my popcorn, like, the fight was over. So I don't know much of him, Schmo, but, you know, guys that are built or guys that have that ability, like John Jones, if he has the right engineering, the right coaching. There it is, just like that. Just like that. Awesome. Triple C. Final thoughts before we wrap this thing off. Um, final thoughts? No, I think I think uh, UFC 276 was a great event. I think uh, I think there's a lot of uh, new talent that's coming up. I think uh, there's a lot of great opportunities, and I think I'm in a great position to see what happens next. You know what I mean? If Volkanovski wants to fight soon, I'm ready. If uh, if Al Jalain and his flying guitar wants to get TJ and me wait, then I'm I'm gonna do that too. And or if Sean o, Sean Salty uh, Ronald Meth Donald wants to get it, he can get it too. Make sure you watch, subscribe, and download wherever you get your podcasts. We're here on YouTube, but everywhere else as well. What's your name? I am Triple C. I am the Schmo. We will deliver, and we are. Ah.